Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm Juaniala, and welcome to Actors with Issues. Each week, we bring you interviews with actors from across TV, film, and Broadway, taking many deep dives into their careers and getting into the successes, the struggles, and of course, the issues that they face as actors. That's enough about us. Let's dive into the episode. Today's guest is an actor, singer, and musician, soon to make his Broadway debut in the upcoming production of Bad Cinderella. Please welcome to the stage, Jonathan Savage. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, so before we dive into uh, the show and the issues, as the name of our show is Actors with Issues, we always start with a quick game. Uh, so pick a number between one, two, and three. Uh, two. Two is called For the First Time. So it's a game of life and career first. So what was the first movie you saw in theaters? Oh, my God. Um, Iron Giant. It was the Iron Giant. Oh, good solid choice uh what was your first ever acting role bert healy and annie hey oh well then uh what was the first non-acting job you ever had i was a oh like i think i was a camp counselor hmm. uh where was your first flight to oh god um i have no <laughs> clue no idea uh, who's the first What's up? Oh, sorry. You go. You go. Um, who's the first person you call when you book a job? My mom. It's always mom. <laughs> but it's not because I want to. It's because she'd be mad if I didn't. Right. <laughs> if she found out online, she's like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you call me first? Yeah. <laughs> this is how I find out. Uh, what was your first paid acting gig? Oh, God. Um, my first, like, real professional, I was Ralphie Parker in a production of A Christmas Story in St. Louis mm -hmm. Rep. Yeah. And what is the first thing you learned out of school? Out of school? Like, out of college? Yeah. That you really got to wake up early for those ECCs. <laughs> they don't warn you. I feel like that's not um, talked about. <laughs> not. <laughs> But looking back at your early career days, um, was theater and performing something that you did from a very, very young age or did it come like a little bit later in life for you? My, I was always a, I was always a loud little boy. I always <laughs> loved to sing. Um, and when I was nine, we had moved to St. Louis and my mom was like, oh, you know, there's, they're doing a production of Annie. Do you want to audition? I was like, why not? Hmm. And I like walked in and I sang, give my regards to Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and I kid you not, they said, do you have anything else? And I was like, um, I could sing in my own little corner. <laughs> <laughs> I sang in my own little corner. And then I booked it. And then I and then I was doing musicals every summer. And then from there, I was like, I think this is what I want to do. But I didn't know it was a degree until like I was in high. Like, I didn't know you could actually do this. Yeah. Um, until I was in high school. And then all the seniors were auditioning for college. And I was like, mm. oh, I can do this. Yeah, I feel like that's the case with a lot of people. They they like just do it in school and don't ever think like, oh, this is a job. And even when you're watching TV, you're just like, those are people. Those aren't actors. You know, they didn't, you know, it's just it's just weird how we sort of observe that at such a young age and don't realize like, oh, those are all people who get paid and make a lot of money. Well, not sometimes so on stage. <laughs> not so much on stage, on TV and on in films more. Um, and when you were growing up and like sort of starting um to prepare to pursue this as like a full-time career was were your sights always set on stage or did you want to dabble in like other parts of of entertainment 
stage was always, you know, what I knew and mm-hmm. what I like where my training was. And I didn't really consider TV and film until college. I didn't really realize that that was a possibility. And even so I was like, Oh, it just felt so foreign to me um, that I didn't, I just didn't really understand how, and you know, I'm still trying to like move into TV and film a little bit, but I don't know. My first love will always be the stage. But, you know, there is that, like, misconception that, like, if you want to do theater, you have to be in New York. And if you want to do TV or film, you have to be in L.A. But that's not the case anymore. People are all over. There's New York is very busy with TV and film. Atlanta is huge. There's Vancouver. There's New Mexico's like a party over there now. But mm-hmm. uh, what what would you say is like a misconception that you realized, like once you were maybe out of school and sort of in the industry? working that you're like oh that was so not true that thing everyone said like everyone's um, yeah that whole new york la thing is a very old way of thinking you know <laughs> especially as technology progresses but i think i think you know the first thing that comes to mind is that it's like broadway or die hmm. you know and it's like if i'm not on broadway then i was not a successful actor and i think that's such a misconception because like hmm when you get to a point in your career when you're like, Oh, I'm making money to be an actor and I, and I'm surviving off of being an actor. Like that is success. Mm -hmm. That is success of being able to, to work consistently and feed yourself, you know? And like, just, just being able to do that and knowing that like, there are so many valuable theatrical experiences all over the country, all over the world with so many different people. Like, I'm I'm in Omaha right now doing a, a, a Christmas symphony gig and I'm having a literal blast. I'm having so much fun. I love the people I'm working with. I love the work that I'm doing and I feel so incredibly fulfilled mm-hmm. and have no qualms being like, I am an actor and this is my job and this is what I'm doing and I feel successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just, just such a misconception of like, there's a, there's an end point. There never is. And oh. a lot of, a lot of the people that I'm working with, like there's a lot, there's like the, the younger four dancers and the older four principal singers. And, you know, those four principal singers are very, very successful careers on Broadway, off Broadway, all around the country. And I literally last night, one of them was like, I'm always submitting myself. Like the work never stops. Like yeah. there's never a point when you're not pushing for yourself to get a job. There's always a job. And I think that feeling of at the end of a contract, when you're like, Oh no, mm-hmm. I have to perform more work again. You know, like I did a show at the Muni and I made it. And then that yeah. contract ends. And then you're like, no, Oh no, I just keep looking for work. <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't just, there's never an end point. Yeah. And even and no matter where you are in your career, either, I remember um, we had Patina Miller on our show, which is still crazy to say. Um, and even she was saying she's starring in her own show on stars. She's like the num- number one on the call sheet of this TV show. Um, and even she said, like, before they get like news of renewal for a new season, she's like, what's next? Um, she's like always hungry for the next thing. And you never know. She, you know, like most actors, she's had her heart broken before things get canceled, things get postponed indefinitely or go into development hell and you never hear anything after. And it's crazy though, like multiple Tony nominations, Tony winner, like, you know, what, six seasons of like of Madam Secretary and all these other shows and still that that hunger never leaves you and if it does it's like wake up you know like if, if you don't have that drive it's like 
you almost become sort of, uh, I don't think complacent is the right word, but just sort of settling. And I feel like an art career in the arts at all, settling can really mess us up more than we think. I, that's an interesting point you make because I, I think settling is is a, is a, it, is specific to the person. I mean, like when we, I think another thing that I really learned through the pandemic is that like you need to have something else that drives you, yeah, and something else that makes you happy. So like my big pandemic journey was um, the pandemic happened. I left. Like the the full story was like I was walking into a final callback for a vacation swing for Jagged Little Pill, and then we, like very well could have been my Broadway debut. And then the pandemic shut the whole world down, and yeah. that flew out the window. And I was gonna do Super You off Broadway, and I was like, I'm an actor. And then it all just, and then you know we all thought it was gonna be a month, and then it wasn't. And so for me, I bought a one-way ticket West and I moved West and I bought a van and I lived Mm -hmm. in a van and I ended up working in a national park for a year and I taught preschool to the Rangers kids and I lived a completely different life. And like, I still taught music theater to kids and like, you know, was still like active in myself, but like, you know, I found this whole other part of myself that drives me so deeply. Um, And I think like knowing that it's, people always say that like if you can imagine yourself doing anything else then you need to go do that like that's not the case yeah like if you if you imagine yourself doing something else and like make space for that because it's gonna help you as an actor and it's gonna give you an escape when the acting world is not what you want or like people are being mean or whatever like sometimes you just want to i know so many people who have stopped for five years started a family and then come back Mm. you know I think there's a degree of like your your career is your career and your path is your path. Like there are so many people who are like, is Jonathan quitting the industry? When I was like, I live in Yellowstone now. I was like, psychs on all of you. I'm on Broadway now. There's a way to keep the dream alive while you're not actively pursuing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's such a that's a huge recurring oh. message, especially in like our recent interviews. Uh, a lot of folks have have said that that to avoid going like crazy during the pandemic, they picked up hobbies and started new things. And um, plenty of people talked about how terrible they were at taking care of themselves when the pandemic started because they were like, oh, I am tired. I get to sleep in now. I get to sit and read a book and watch TV and, and do a face mask because they were up early for those ECC calls. They were, you know, working late nights to be free during the day for auditions. And while that's necessary for lots of people, they were just putting themselves through a lot physically. And yeah. if you just close the bar at 3 a.m. because you're waiting tables or bartending, are you going to look great for your 9 a.m. <laughs> call? You know, it's like you have to take the necessary steps to like to make everything work. And it's a very fine line between like finding a balance and it's obviously a lot easier said than done, but yeah, I, I completely agree with, with everything you just said. At the end of the day, you're like, you're living in the most expensive city in the world and you have to eat, Yeah, you know? And it's like, ugh, it's such a crazy business. It's yeah. so crazy. Sometimes it's like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. What a weird thing we signed up for <laughs> knowing full well, it was not going to be easy. You know, I, I think that's another reality. Like when I graduated college, it was like, you know, oh, you're going to get a, a job and then you're going to audition. And then it's like, oh, but like your survival job has no sympathy for you. Nope. Like they don't care. 
that you have to wake up for auditions. Like they don't care that like, they don't care because they're running their own business. You know what I mean? And it's just, Oh God, it's so exhausting trying to juggle all these different things. And like, especially in this new world, where it's like, is it better that we're all self-taping now or worse? Because it's like, am I, is my tape going to be seen? Or like, but at least like I can do it on my own time. But like, you can't walk into a room and make an acquaintance with someone just by being in the room. You know, there's such a such an important existence of being able to walk into that room and having them being able to see what you are in an interaction with them rather than a slate. Like, I hate slating. I feel like, you know, so put on, like, yeah. <laughs> it's so put on and it's, and you're trying to be natural and like show who you are. And it's just like, who's watching it? You know, right. are they gonna, are they like, at least in a room, you can get to the end of your audition, but like in a tape, yeah. like you don't grab them in the first couple of seconds. Like, are they going to skip? They have so many tapes to watch. Yeah. It's so crazy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so with the name of our show being Actress with Issues, uh, you did mention beforehand that you uh, experienced like a vocal issue or vocal injury. So that is very real for so many people. Uh, I mean, myself included, nothing officially diagnosed, but you just, you know, you know your body, you know when things are off and you can't sing for a while and just put yourself at rest. But what was your experience going through that? What, what, what went on? So I... I had, well, well, here's, here's the long version. Um, I'm trying to make a short version, but you know, it's a I mean? podcast. Go as long as you need. <laughs> um, I always loved to sing. It was always my first love. Like mm. singing was my thing. I was the boy that sang. I'm sure you know that feeling. Um, you know, when you're in elementary school and like <laughs> you're the boy with the voice, you know, like going for the solo, everyone knows you're going to go for it. <laughs> solo, like, so when my voice changed, I didn't have a proper technician to help me get through it. Yeah. And I developed a lot of tension. And so I went into high school <clears throat> with a lot of tension. I couldn't sing above an E. Like, Fs and Gs terrified me. Mm -hmm. And even if you're a baritone, like, you're dead if you can't sing above an E. Yeah. And so I had kids building up this tension, building up this tension to just get these notes because I never had a, a proper, and I don't know why I never went to a proper voice teacher to help me get through it, but I didn't. And so I went to college and I couldn't sing about any. 
And all I wanted was, I just, oh, I just wanted to do it. And I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. My teachers were like, slow down. <laughs> um, I ended up at a summer intensive in, between my sophomore and junior year. And I kept pushing myself, kept pushing myself. I came back for junior year. I was called back for three roles I couldn't sing. Kept trying to push, 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 push. And it all just came to a head. And I remember there was just a day where like I, my falsetto just wasn't there. I couldn't do a falsetto on an open vowel. I'd be like, Ooh. and I was mm. like, yeah, something wrong. <laughs> and I got cast in a role I couldn't sing. And my voice just kept failing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on? And eventually, um, so I went to Penn State and the faculty is, I love that faculty. They're incredibly supportive. And they were like, you need to go see a doctor. And I was like, okay. So I went to the, the, this local doctor and I got a scope and I was like, ha ha ha. So what's wrong doc? And the room was silent. And I was like, oh, there's something wrong. Mm. And I look at my vocal cords and there's this huge, like blood blister. I had a hemorrhagic polyp on my vocal cord. Um, and I was like, what is that? And they were like, don't sing for three months. And I was like, okay. So I went back to school and I like dropped out of the role, like the, the onstage swing and I just switched tracks. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm like not going to screw the show over. Like I'll do his track. He can do my track. And I just will lip sing the whole show. Um, and the voice teachers are like, this doesn't make sense. Like you should be going to vocal therapy. You should like, we want you to get a second opinion. So they helped me get set up with a clinic in Philadelphia. There's mm -hmm. Sadaloff's clinic who he, um, he fixed Julie Andrews botched surgery. So Julie Andrews had the botched surgery and he had to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, he's worked on Pavarotti. Like I didn't have him, but I was at his practice and I couldn't get into November. I got in November. They looked at it and they were like, okay, great. So you're going to go on a week of vocal rest. Then you're going to come back. Then you're going to start speech therapy and then you're going to hit surgery. And I was like, okay. And then they're like, and then you're going to start singing therapy. And I was like, okay. So I didn't sing for my entire junior year of college. And which is like honestly the best time for it to happen because I had so much support to be able to help me. And what was interesting is my relationship with dance is very interesting because I started really late. So it took me a really long time to call myself a dancer. In my junior year, I couldn't sing. And I remember my tap teacher was like, well, what an incredible opportunity for you to explore your voice with your body. And so I really found my voice as a dancer, but that's another conversation. So um, I went through the surgery I couldn't speak for a week. Then I had to speak one minute every 10 minutes. So I literally had an alarm on my phone every day, 10 minutes. Then I would just for a minute. Yeah. And then the next week was two minutes every 10. And then it was three minutes every 10. And then it was five minutes every 10. And the five minutes, I was like, I don't know what to say anymore. I've run <laughs> out of things to say. And then eventually I could start speaking. And then I started to sing again. And then like my whole voice opened up and I like, was finally able to sing all of the things I'd ever wanted to sing. But now I have this trauma, <laughs> this PTSD of an injury. And it took me years. And it's something I still deal with years to, what was that? Like six years ago to, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> um, years to like get past that fear of that I had built around singing. Yeah. And I was so, 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 so scared. And so I remember my first summer out of college, 
I worked at Forestburg Playhouse, which is, if you're in the resident company, it is a hard summer. It's a, it's a fantastic summer. It's a great place to work, but you are working your, uh, can I swear? Absolutely. You're working your fucking ass off. <laughs> like you have rehearsal for a cabaret in the morning, then you go and rehearse the show and then you have your chores and then you have to wait, a like be a waiter and perform in a cabaret, then do your show. Like, and then you also have a kid's show. Like sometimes you're doing five shows. A day. It's crazy. Mm. It's a wonderful experience, but it was it, for someone who had just recovered from vocal trauma. It was one of the hardest summers of my life. And I spent that whole summer in like recover, like in like not recovery mode, but just like, like, what's the word I want to use? Um, just like crisis mode, just like always making sure I could sing yeah. Yeah. and like not trusting what my voice could do. And there was just so much trauma and just like going into auditions and being like, I know I can sing this, but then like not doing it because <clears throat> my brain chickened out. And it's, it, it took me a very long time to be like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And, you know, I've gotten better and I have my techniques to be able to get through it, but it, it's still something I kind of deal with. But now there's a point where, like, I know my voice, like one thing from the surgeries, I know my voice to a T. Mm -hmm. I know when she is tired. I know when she's dry. I know when I need to shut up. Like, <laughs> I know how many days I'm going to need to recover. Like, I smoke a lot of weed. So, like, I know, how much <laughs> I, I know how much I can abuse my voice and how I can get back. You know what I mean? And I know yeah. what she needs. And so that was an incredible experience to have. But it's just something that just stays with you. And anyone who you meet who's had vocal trauma or vocal surgery or anything like that, there's like this kinship that's immediately like, you get it. Yeah. You get it. And it's so common. It's so common. You know, but you get scared. I get scared that like, People will think like, oh, well, can Jonathan sing it? But like, no one has that feeling about me. Like, mm. I, I don't want to speak for other people, but I think there's a, a point where like people think like, wow, Jonathan has a really strong, very versatile voice. Like he can sing anything. Mm. But I'm like, I can, but like, can I do it in the moment? <laughs> it's like, well, now I have to live up to that expectation. And there's just yeah. all this anxiety and stress. And that's part of like theater is you have to do it in the moment. You don't get another take. You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't know, I could go on and on, but. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah. And like going off that, like if you feel you can't do it, you then have to sort of like improvise. Like, okay. What is a, so what's something else in the, in this chord that I can hit to yeah. make up for that top note that I can't do today. Uh, have you, have you had to do that? Have you had to sort of like improvise a, a do a run? Cause like, you know, I feel like, a minute before you know you're supposed to hit this this particular note, you know whether you're gonna hit it. You're like, "Ooh, there's gonna be more of a mix today," <laughs> or a full belt. Like, do you, do you have that gauge within you? I I can't say I, 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 the gauge is there. Mm. I can't think of a specific moment where it's happened. Um, I remember when I was I was auditioning for Bad Cinderella. Um, I was. I was in for the cover of the Prince. I was in for ensemble cover. And so, um, 
I remember I they were like like I sang my song and then he gave me it like like an adjustment just to see if I could do it and it was really fun and I was feeling really good but this song the princess song it's a beautiful song the cut is there wasn't a cut it was the full song <laughs> and he goes so what side did you have and I was like I have the ensemble side but I also have the fashion side um and he was like, okay, well, why don't you do Only You, Lonely You? Lonely You, Only It's one of the two. Um, it's a beautiful song. And I was like, okay, but it is a full three minute and 45 second song. So it's like, I did a full song in the room. Yeah. And at the very end, the um, there's this sustained note that's just right, like in, in, a, in a good place in my voice, but in a really weird vowel. Yeah. Where it's like, I could like either like, commit to the e or i could open it or whatever round it out yeah <laughs> choice and i had yet to make a choice when i had practiced it like what you practice is what you do and i remember like we went into the key change and i was like went into it and it's like lonely and i like got a little scared and i mixed it more than i could belt it and i was like okay 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 like everything's gonna be fine like moving to the the end of the song and i still had made a choice of what i was gonna do and it showed because then it came <laughs> and i was like and then i ended up doing nothing i'd ever practiced which was screen belting on an open vowel and i was like no <laughs> but it like that was even more of a mix than what i did and it was just like i was like oh you know yeah. like every month and I was like this is not how I sing I don't know what I'm doing but I'm just trying yeah. to get through it and then to I don't know why I thought this is a good idea but at the end to cover I did this dramatic yeah and it was and like they literally laughed it was so ridiculous and I was like thank you thank you so much thank you for your time <laughs> you know I there's been moments where you know you just if you don't trust yourself it's not going to happen. Like I did my first show post pandemic was Newsies and I played Davey and um, uh, the poor guy's head is spinning. I just woke up. There's nothing wrong with my voice. See, there's that. <laughs> We're going to judge like, is he okay? Like, I'm okay. I just woke up. Um, and so I knew I could sing this note, but I got so scared. And I remember in sits probe, I just like full belted it and it was flat. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I ended up getting COVID during that production. I was like, there is no world where I'm ever going to miss this note again, because I'm going to cherish every second I get on that stage because I mm -hmm. just like was, I missed opening weekend and I had only had a couple shows and we had six COVID cases. I was like, am I even going to get oh, to do the gosh. show? Like, yeah. and so there's just this moment where you just kind of got to trust that you know what it is and just trust that the work's going to take over. And you also do what my, my friend Lucy Anders calls um, the soprano point where you just do a, Boom, like like a um a thing with your hand just to like the, just to get that proprioception yeah. to be like that throw or that point just to get that high note and you know it's gonna come out i don't know but it just yeah. once you get to that point where you trust that you can do it like if i've done it twice in front of an audience i'm like i can do this i don't have yeah. to worry yeah if there's anything actors listening you know trust yourself know yourself is a big one too like you just have to listen to that voice if it's if it's behaving because sometimes the voice in the heart does not always behave um but you know just learn to trust yourself trust your training trust your preparation and just 
of, of course it's all easier said than done you know what yeah. you know when even when we tell young actors like, just follow your dreams like mm, it's a nightmare sometimes though so you know <laughs> buckle up <laughs> thing i love to do is not warm up and then get mad at myself that it won't work and i'll be like oh wait i haven't warmed up you know <laughs> like trust the warm-up process like warm up and the thing is sometimes it was like your voice is going to be different every day Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you're listening to that same recording of a warm up and you're like and you're moving on to belt, but your voice isn't ready for that yet. Like it's no, there's nothing wrong with you. Just spend more time in your falsetto. Mm-hmm. Like just get the like I'm a huge straw person. Straws, 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 like straws, like semi occluded, like straws will warm you up. Like if you're mm-hmm. not feeling it, put that straw in the water and like just go to your feeling there. Like every day is a little different. And if things aren't working quite the way they worked yesterday, then spend a little bit more time on your warm up, and, and you'll get there, you know, yeah. and at the end of the day, you probably didn't drink enough water, you know, right. <laughs> everything's going to be okay. And, yeah. you know, I have to tell myself like, even to this day, I'm like, I'm not injured. I'm not injured. I'm not injured. You know, and it's so stupid. <laughs> but that's where we're at. That's yeah. where we're at. So, yeah. Uh, so before we go, we always um, play a non-rapid fire game. So the pressure is off. Uh, it's called Now That We Know You, since we've gotten to chat for a bit. Uh, so phone the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? Um, I-, I would be a park ranger. I love that you did that. I love that. I mean, I moved back home to Connecticut. That was a state away. So, but, you know, I just love that you made this big move and sort of took a pause with the along with the industry because there was nothing going on for us anyway so we may as well explore travel try something new and that's just such a cool thing that's so awesome when i specifically remember i like had walked home i was like in a studio like working through the audition material the callback material and like tomorrow was the day and then i saw the the cuomo canceled broadway and i walked home and i like got in my apartment i was so pissed i was like fuck this. And I started this thing called Corona Corner, which the whole idea was like, how are you going to make the best of this time you have now? Mm-hmm. Like I was supposed to go to Europe and do an off Broadway show. Now I'm going to play all the video games I want, you know, cause I haven't had the time to do that. Cause I've been hustling, hustling, hustling. Yeah. And then like my big Corona Corner was, was like, you know what? I'm going to go out West and I'm going to work in a national park. And that's, and I'm going to make the best of this situation. Like, COVID be damned, I'm going to do it. And I ended up, I have a one-man show of all my original music uh, called Farewell to the West that I wrote out there um, and that I did it, I did it at 54 and I did it at Green Room, um, Mm -hmm. which just chronicles that whole experience. And like, I never would have found my voice as a songwriter if it wasn't for that experience. And I just did an artist in residency um, back in in Yellowstone in, in Gardner, Montana, where I wrote another show. And now I have two shows and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, in that time you just, it, it really, I, while it was not a gift for many, for me, it was a gift. I learned a lot and I grew a lot. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh dear God. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just the idea of like your journey is your journey. Mm. Do you like the best thing to do is be yourself. Like don't try and be someone else. <clears throat> and like, like, oh, actually I got a really wonderful piece of advice the other day. 
that was like, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically it's like, you know, in every cast, you're not always going to meld with every cast that you're in. And like, just find the people that make you happy. And that's, you know, if, if you yeah. don't get along with someone, that's okay. This is a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a job. it's a job. You're at work. Mm. Like, and I think what's really interesting about like doing summer stock versus like doing a production contract, which I, I've never done a brunch. I'm about to do my first. <laughs> and I'll listen to how it is. Yeah. Uh, but like being um, in like a summer stock situation is like, you go to work with these people and you live with these people, you know, mm. you spend all your time with these people. And what's nice about like doing theater in New York is like, you go to work, you go home. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm going to pick a different one. Best one is just be yourself. Just to be yourself and tr like, don't look sideways. Like your journey is going to be so, like so different from other people's. Like a year ago, I was like living in a van and now I'm about to be make my Broadway debut. You know, like yeah. your journey is your journey and trust the process and just be kind. Like just, just be kind. You know, because we're all we're all working through it and we're all going through something. And sometimes you don't know if someone just needs a kind little word there. Like yeah. it can make sense. And uh, what is the worst advice you've ever gotten? I know we try and put out the bad advice, but we get so much of it. I, specific people pop up in my mind when I think about <laughs> I'm trying to think about like what they might have said to me, though. Um. Oh God, nothing specific comes to mind. But just like, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. I've been blessed with great advice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Never forget that this is fun. Mm. Yeah. It's, a big one. it's called it. a play for a reason the play awesome well jonathan thank you so so much for for joining us today uh if anyone wants to give you a follow on instagram anywhere on social media where can they find you i am j a savage five that is my instagram handle i am really not on tiktok and i don't have twitter <laughs> but that, 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 that stay that, off twitter it's horrible if you want to watch uh my one-man show it is in the link in my bio <laughs> um Farewell to the West. I'm very proud of it. Um, and or come see me at the Imperial in Bad Cinderella. When do you guys open? Or, or when is it set to open? Uh, we start previews February like 17th or 27th. Okay. And then we open like March 25th, a day after Angela Weber's 75th birthday. Wow. Holy crap. On the day of the announcement, I got followed by Andrew Lloyd Weber on Instagram and I was like, <laughs> this isn't real. This isn't real. <laughs> That's, so, so, That's so cool. Awesome. And folks, you know the drill. You can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juan Ayala Official and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Monday and bonus episodes throughout the week. I'm Juan Ayala. That's Jonathan Savage. This is Actors with Issues. We'll see you next week.